Retirement in this country is broken. We work ourselves to death and miss out on so many of life's experiences along the way. There's got to be a better way. David Adams is a certified financial planner and CPA and founder of David Adams Wealth Group, an independent firm that offers securities through Raymond James Financial Services and is here to help you learn how to retire while you work and develop a different way of thinking when it comes to managing your money. Hello, hello. I'm your host, David Adams, and this is Retire While You Work, and you can hear us every Sunday on News Radio 1510 WLAC. So thanks for tuning in. And as always, you can always go to retirewhileyouwork.com and send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Do our best to answer it here on the show, or you can give us a call at the office, 615-435-3644. Now, we have two um, very special guests here in studio today. One is Siobhan Farler, who is my COO and partner at our firm. Siobhan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me again. I love doing this. This is a lot of fun to me. Glad you're here. And Siobhan uh, is going to read your questions throughout the week in our second and third segments. So s- stay tuned for that. And then also a dear friend of mine, also proud to call her my therapist and my counselor. Yes, I have one of those. It's okay. Right, Angela? It's okay to have therapists. Absolutely. Dr. Angela Thompson. Very, very thankful to have her here. She's very busy. And so this is going to be a great segment. She's going to talk about several things therapy and uh, why people should consider it, what it has to offer, and also some of the uh, shame shame around it and the stigmas around therapy in general. And then also in the last segment, she's going to talk about um, a study that was done um, about the five things that people regretted the most in their lives when looking back at the end of their lives. So things that we can all learn from. Um, so stay tuned for that. That's in our last segment. All right. So since I have Angela here today... Um, I'm clearly in this kind of therapy type of mood today, and uh, many of you who have listened to the show for a while and have read um, several of my blog posts know that I've been on this, uh, for lack of a better term, this self-discovery journey over the past five years, and this journey really led me on a path that I'd never been on, as life for me at least had always seemed uh, pretty easy and uneventful. We were just talking about that before the, uh, before the show. Yes, we were. It sometimes appears that way. Just like everything's easy and somebody's got it together until you realize you don't have it together. And that happens. That's part of life. And so and for me, it was around 2012. I had some major life transitions. And with those transitions, a lot of times comes pain. And Siobhan, we talk to clients all the time about transitions and change and the pain associated. Yes. There's usually a lot of emotion tied around transitions. And 2012 was a big year for you. It was. And, 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 and before this point, and you were there with me, and thank you for that. I'll never forget that. But before this point, the idea and the concept of being vulnerable and opening up and removing the suit, if you will, just seemed too risky, especially in our line of work. And I mean, after all, as a, as a buttoned up financial planner person, we're not supposed to take off the suit and put on our jeans. <laughs> That's actually my favorite part about our office is that we don't wear suits. And a lot of that in, in the jeans and you know the casual dress, that's, that's symbolic of a lot of things of just saying, hey, we don't have to meet a certain appearance. We're going to be ourselves. And clients connect with that. People right. connect with that. Right. And But, you know, that's how society seems to train us. And I'll tell you, that's how I was trained in this business. And, the, you know, the fear of anyone ever seeing me as what I thought may be perceived as being weak was horrifying because, well, I may lose clients. And then if you lose clients, you lose money and your mind goes down this rabbit hole. That's very uh, that's very 
damaging and um, not reality. Angela, does that happen with any of your clients? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Vulnerability is scary. And it's perceived as fear um, and weakness. And people don't want to let you see that part of them. But the reality is, from what I've seen, is we we think that people will judge us if we open up. But most of the time, that's a huge connection point with other people. When they see that, oh, you've been through that too, they trust you more and they'll open up to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all want to connect. But we're afraid if we let people in and let them see us, then will you like me? Will you think badly of me? Right. Will you still want to be in my life? Right. And those fears. And we've talked about fears and just as as it pertains to even investing, fear and greed are two of the most powerful um, emotions that really derail somebody from their financial plan. So I'll I'll spare you today from my entire testimony, um, not because I'm not comfortable sharing, because finally I am. And I'll tell you, it's very, very freeing. But really instead, because I want to focus on the lessons that I've learned so that I hope maybe I'll be able to help you and others that you know and love. Um, I'll say this. So after my big life events, a divorce and a huge job transition, you know, think Tom Cruise as Jerry Maguire starting his own firm and saying, OK, who's going with me? Silence and just waiting. Siobhan, you were you were one of the ones that asked the question and Siobhan put her hand up. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll never forget that moment and putting boxes in you, our cars. And you we didn't were have the goldfish like Renee Zellweger. Had. No. I think she had the. She did not, have a goldfish. Had, I had boxes. I remember you had that. boxes. Yes. But yes. But um but yeah, you know, both of these happened for me in the same six-month period. I was terrified, chasing my tail, and I just ran and ran because that's all I knew how to do was to fix the problem and move on. That's what I do all day long is I try to fix problems. But there was no time or space for mourning or grieving or reflecting or things like journaling that were foreign concepts to me. And now these are all things that I've learned that are critical to living the balanced life that I talk about on this show and retire while you work it often sounds like it just applies to money because of the word retire. And in our society, that word is really attached to money. And that's what people think about. Yes, we need money to retire, or at least that's the old and broken way of thinking about retirement. So yeah, you need the money, but not the way our industry teaches us as advisors. It's They've got it wrong. It's antiquated. And I'm committing personally the rest of my career to being a thought leader around this movement to reframe how we see money and that larger lens known as life. So if you get nothing else out of the show today, please do this and email me at david.w.adams at raymondjames.com or go to retirewhileyouwork.com and send us a message. We would love to hear your success stories and stories um, that kind of parallel what we're talking about today. Now, that being said, when I come back from break, I want to continue talking about kind of the path and some of the lessons that I've learned and let Dr. Angela Thompson chime in and also take some of your questions that we receive throughout the week. So you're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We will be back in just a few. Hello and welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just right before the break, we were talking um, about the, the the freeing power of just being yourself and being vulnerable in a society that often judges this and makes it seem like it's not okay. And we have special guest Dr. Angela Thompson here in studio with us today who is having this conversation with us and is going to be on our last segment to talk about this also. 
the five things that people regret oftentimes at the end of their life. So very, very um, motivating things to hear that hopefully will be of value to you in your retire while you work journey. Now, along those lines, um, you know, I was sharing a little bit about my path and what kind of led me to the self-discovery journey. Um, But don't think for a second that my journey and the changes and the pain were for no, were for no reason. And I know that really they were a part of my story to get me where I'm at today and to be on this show and to have my loyal COO, Siobhan, who's been with me through a lot of this and my amazing therapist, now therapist, Dr. Angela Thompson. Angela, hello again. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you know, if we're to live this fulfilling life that we all hope to uh, to participate in and to dream of this thing called retirement and financial security, it helps to define, first of all, what that even means and looks like. So does it mean working ourselves to death until we're 65 and then having a couple million dollars and to finally get to travel and to connect with loved ones? And that's what so many people do. We see it all the time in our office. Or does it mean that we work hard but, you know, realize that we only have we only get to live once and there's only so much that we can do in a day and maybe we'll work longer and maybe we'll never fully retire. And therefore, we don't need to have as much money, but instead we get to live, have this balanced life where we save some and invest some, but spend more money now on experiences. And I wrote um, a blog post recently about the, 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 the power of investing in um, experiences over material things. And that's something that's very, very important. And so there may not be a wrong or a right, which, you know, scenario you go down, but most people have no clue how to live a balanced life. And they're really just following, especially in our line of work, this magic number facade that we see on TV um, or that they get from their advisor like us that tell them what to do. And sure, I could use some great calculations and software that we have in our office, you know, to get to get you to that, you know, in parentheses, that perfect financial number. You know, but on their own, numbers on their own like this, a lot of times are meaningless. It's really how you balance your financials and your experiences that truly might help make the difference for you. So let me say this. If those financial planning numbers and scenarios, if they're run alongside of your goals and your visions for life, they not only start to make sense, but they become much more motivating and more realistic. And we can do our jobs even better as advisors. And for our team, those are the only types of clients that we want those that want to let us live life with them and help them make their dreams come true, not just build a portfolio. Anyone can build a good portfolio. Well, not anyone. The top advisors know how to do this. And um, I could do 10, 10 shows just on how to build and construct and monitor a portfolio. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I know. Exactly. That's <laughs> Sorry. Exactly what I don't want to do. What we can do in our office if you want to challenge us a little bit. We're happy to go there. But, you know, assuming that you're working with a top financial planning team, that part is the easy part. The hard part is building a custom plan that you can relate to and that your spouse and your family can understand. And that inspires you enough to actually do it. So what good is a plan if you don't follow it? And that's why so many people, they, they, you know, they had the best of intentions, but they fail at doing a diet or a workout plan and they're just overwhelmed and they focused on the end result, not the journey Retirement is a journey, not a destination, and that is the point. And actually, I believe the tagline of the show. So as far as uh, myself and my journey, prior to my big life changes, I had no therapy, no counseling retreats. I hadn't really had any type of self-care or read any self-help books because that was all foreign to me. And now it's really hard to imagine as I go monthly to see Angela. Um, you know, now I've been on four therapy retreats and wellness retreats. I've even joined a board for a place called Onsite in Tennessee that is amazing. And that's actually where I met Angela. She's a, one of the lead therapists there. And um, I met her through the Living Centered program. Angela, 
How would you describe for our listeners on site? Um, you know, I'm always terrible at explain, explaining these these places to other people. Self help? Is it, you know, therapy? Well, I think that the best um, way to put it is that when people are stuck, on site is a place that helps them get unstuck. Ooh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, if you come for the week intensive program, it is equal to about a year's worth of therapy. In wow. one week? Yes. Wow. Because you're, you're just all encompassed you and absorbed fully in the process. Unplug from the world. No cell phones. No cell phones. Wow. No computers. And you have to be with you. And that intensive environment makes it to where you can get a lot of work done instead of the hour session where the therapist has to make sure you're tied up real nice to go back out and get in your car and drive to have the rest of your day. Right. Well, I love the program. And, and, and I can tell you, I was scared. I felt weird and I didn't want anyone to know because, you know, that maybe meant that, um, you know, what's what's wrong? What's I remember wrong? going through this with you in the last text. You're like, OK, they're taking my cell phone away. I'll see you in a couple yeah, in a week it, or so. And how silly, you know, because there's some stigma that says counseling means that we may be broken. Well, newsflash, everybody, we all need a little help from time to time. And in some ways, we're all broken and there is no shame in that. Absolutely. Angela, did I say that right? <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, I think that we all have issues. They're just the people that talk about it and the people that don't talk about it. There you it. go. That's a that's a very uh, doctor way of saying it. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, no, but and we're going to have Angela on, on our last segment to, to, to dive into this a little bit deeper. But wanted to share that. And, you know, I've become so into this self-care journey and journaling and learning um, that I've really spent the last... Uh, actually spent four days last month at a place in Arizona called Miraville. Basically, it's like a pampered on site where there's hiking and spa and workout classes and healthy eating classes, meditation, and a lot of time and space that you're giving yourself as, as a gift where I was able to do a lot of vision planning for my personal life, but also um, made a decision to hire somebody new to the team, thinking about where I wanted to take our financial planning firm. Just a lot of clarity came from that, just giving a few days of space. It's amazing what that can do. Um, so I highly and uh, highly encourage that um, for everybody to give yourself that gift. Um, but that being said, I'll digress. We have Dr. Angela Thompson in our last segment. You will not want to miss that. And now, a couple of things. We're going to take some of your questions here in just a minute. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And, you know, I had some... Just some random thoughts I wanted to go th um, to go through, and Siobhan, you're going to laugh at this. If you know me, I'm kind of a fast talker, probably an undiagnosed, um, likely ADD candidate. Never would have thought that. <laughs> My brain hops all around. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry, with lots of love. <laughs> but before we move on to the questions, I wanted to give you a few thoughts from this crazy mind of mine. Um, so number one, this was a tax time question of the week that I got from a client. I thought it was hilarious. They asked me, can I deduct Amazon as a dependent? Oh, please. <laughs> said, I wish. It's amazing how much of us spend these days. And now with Amazon Prime and uh, Amazon Now, possibly the drones, it's getting even crazier. And Angela, my gosh, my has this has changed our ability to connect. Some of us don't even go to the store anymore. We just hide behind our phones and laptops. That could be a whole other show. Oh, absolutely. It's um, It's an intimacy blocker because it is faults that um phone's not going to reject you Ooh, it's easy yeah you don't have to it's it's one-way communication right so, right so amazon so answer that question amazon unfortunately cannot be a tax deduction as a dependent is not a child <laughs> but it's a great question i love the creativity which leads me to number two 
I thought, thought this was interesting. Number one reason for divorce in this country, it's distractions and primarily social media, which has been proven by several studies. I don't know which ones, but really, I thought it was financial issues. I had no idea that They're it was now, now social media. Social media is one of the number one reasons. Wow. Because of the, the distractions. Angela, does that seem like that could be true? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the Internet has just blown up a lot of things that uh, are causing problems today that weren't there when I was growing up. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's illegal to text and drive now in Tennessee. It's how long has that been the case? Not that long. Well, probably about, within a year or two. Yeah, about a Which year. You'd think two. would have always been the case, right? But well, here's the question I have. It's like we used to go on vacation, and my dad was notorious for reading a map while he was driving on the highway. What's the difference? That's okay. I'm glad that you point. said that because I don't see any difference Random between that and eating. Rand McNally Atlas. Yeah. We used to go, and every year for Christmas, I'd yep. get my dad the big, huge new Atlas, and yep. he would love it, and mm-hmm. he would map out our trip down to down to Destin. And you're right, have it in his lap, driving, and. About one eye on the highway and these other eyes. He's like, yeah, all right. And he can't just hand it to mom because mom couldn't read a map, of at least in his, in his eyes. You know, that, no, you don't want to read a map in that map. Totally a guy thing. They've yep. got, yep, yep, absolutely. And we, and we never asked for directions. So, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Men are not stubborn, Angela, right? Oh, absolutely not. Let's see how you handled that. Uh-huh. Well, well played. <laughs> um, all right. And then um, a client told me this, and I thought this was funny. Everyone has a crazy family member. And if you don't, it's because you are that crazy person. And they haven't told you. Oh, wow. Um, Since 1926, the stock market has only been up 9 to 12 percent in that range four times, according to a study by Ibbotson. And why is this significant? Because so many investors think that the market is, you know, supposed to average 10 percent a year. And it feels like they tell me it feels like it's impossible to ever get a 10 percent return. And this proves it may be, but averages are just that. So even over 10 years, sometimes they don't pan out. If you look at the stock market from 2000 to 2010, the market was flat, and we called it the lost decade. So patience is key. Sometimes it takes 15 to 20 years for an average, especially in the stock market, to actually come back to what your expectations would be. So, And then the last number five from my crazy little brain, uh, pain in life can be hard. If someone isn't challenging you or making your life harder – they may make you feel like, or they may make you feel like you aren't moving hard enough and living your own life. Please remember to live your life. Scar tissue is stronger than regular skin, and I can say that sitting here in a sling after my shoulder surgery, hopefully the scar tissue I'm getting is going to make my shoulder stronger. And it also applies to therapy, right, Angela? Yes, the scars do heal and make us stronger. Scar tissue. There you go. I'd never heard that before about scar tissue. That is really cool. I just made it up. No, oh, did- <laughs> just I heard that from a, from a dear friend. So with that being said, Siobhan, do we have any questions this week from our listeners? We do. We do. Um, the first one is actually from a client or a, um, a client that says, I'm 65 and I'm ready to retire, but I've done the same job for 40 years. Seems very similar to uh, talking to your father last week, okay. um, but it's hard to transition to just stop working. Uh, I want to do things around the house. Should I get a part-time job? Or what have you seen over your years of experience? Great question. We did have my dad on here last week talking about the same thing. We're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I want to answer this question. So we'll cue this question right up here in just a minute. You're listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. After the break, we're going to take this question and several more. Back in a few. Hello, welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And 
Just before the break, we were starting to take your questions that we received throughout the week. You can submit your question to retirewhileyouwork.com. Click the Contact Us button. And we'd be happy to answer it on a future show. Or give us a call at 615-435-3644. And Siobhan, before the break, I know you had teed up the first question. Um, I believe the question was, um, and tell me if I'm correct, I'm 65, I'm ready to retire. I've been working in the same job for around 40 years and I've talked to a lot of friends that have said it's a very hard transition to just stop working all of a sudden, and I'm nervous. And it's very similar to your dad's situation last week. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, do I get a part-time job, or what have we seen um, in our years of experience? And Siobhan's right. We had my dad on the show last week, which, is, which was a very, very special week. And just um, uh, my dad's a hero of mine, and his story's really fascinating, and he was one of those that worked in the same line of work for 40-plus years and ended up retiring a couple years ago. And so we went through a lot of this. But um, and, and this exact topic is what prompted me to realize that retirement in this country is broken. So after 15 years of hearing over and over the, you know, the corporate executive that worked you know, from 22 to 65 at a big corporation working 60 hours a week, and they come to me and say, okay, David, I've got you know, $3 million and now I'm ready to retire and we want to start to travel and living life. And then what happens, Siobhan, what happens after a month or two? They are bored. They are bored and they don't, oftentimes they, they don't have hobbies because they never had time for hobbies. They're uh, maybe, unfortunately, they're not close with their families because their identity has been in their work. Right. It's a very, um, we've talked about this a lot. It's a very big, it's a very big problem and it's very, it's very common, and that's the whole the retire while you work mentality that I want to promote is to not wait until sixty five or sixty or whatever it is to, start to feel your like life. yeah that now you're going to start living. How do we retire throughout? You know how how do we make it a journey and not this destination where you then are you know significantly disappointed and maybe too tired or maybe sick and you can't enjoy these things. And so um, you know we've again we've seen it where people stop they've they've lost their purpose. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will say, I've heard this over and over, that if you're not growing, you're dying in many ways. You have to have purpose. You have to have something to keep your wheels spinning. Angela, is this something you've come across just in your line of work? Oh, absolutely. We all have to have a purpose. And if that purpose isn't there, then um, there is a slow death many times. Right. Even if it's not physically and, you know, it doesn't matter your age, this just starts to it can be the you know motivation goes away, and that's probably when things like depression and things absolutely, sink in. absolutely, and losing hope and not having a purpose is uh, probably one of the most detrimental things that can happen to people. Well, and this happens a lot, as you can imagine, with somebody that's had their identity and their career for forty years, and now they're sixty-five, and they all of a sudden stop, and they think it's going to be this glorious situation where they can go do whatever they want all day long. They don't even know who they are because all they've done is work for 40 years. And, and you know, they, maybe they haven't had a therapist. They, maybe they haven't done any self-care. That's pretty common. Most, I mean, would you throw out a percentage of people you think that actually do self-care or go, go see a counselor? I'm not going to hold you to it. I'm just— it's, I would say probably today uh, it has gotten to be more acceptable, but there's still a lot of people, wow, you know, 30— Less than, 50, less than 50% oh, less than 50%. have even had any type of conversation like this. So they're walking in kind of blindly to what they think is going to be retirement. Um, so I've seen, you know, to answer this listener's question, um, usually 
for several months when somebody retires and they're in our office, we, we suggest kind of this adjusting period. And, and they, they really enjoy it where they just get to slow down, maybe unwind from, you know, years of stress. Like with my father, he said it took about three or four months before he just kind of could come up for air. He started sleeping well again and realized, hey, OK, you know, I'm no longer in that job and that's not my identity. They'll find home projects and maybe they'll start working out again. And um, and that'll last a lot of times for Three to six months is what we've seen. And then, like Siobhan said, that boredom and that loss of drive will set in, and then they end up wanting to go back to work again. And so, um, and then it's, what are they going to do? Are they going to jump right back into the, you know, to the 60-hour work week? Or is there some type of happy middle ground? Absolutely. And something we, my dad mentioned I thought was really interesting last week that could be an entire show is, you know, I asked him for kind of what is some... Um, some lessons you've learned or some wisdom that you could give our listeners. And he said, I would practice retirement before you retire. I thought that was an interesting concept. We definitely should have your father back on to talk about yeah, that. practicing it, retiring before you retire. Right. So that could be everything from, you know, we have clients in our office a year before they retire. Go ahead and come up with a budget and pretend like you're retired today because they'll tell us, you know, hey, we only need $3,000 a month to live on. And a lot of time those are arbitrary numbers. Like what about health care? What right. about gifts for the grandkids? They're not thinking about car, those things. All sorts of things. Right. So we say, Here's a journal. Keep up with all your expenses. Practice so that there is aren't these big surprises. And even practice thinking, what are you going to do if you had a week off? Like, you know, are you what are your hobbies? Do you have them? Are you going to spend time with the grandkids? Are you a lot of times people's perceptions of what retirement's going to look like is uh, disconnected. So uh, my advice back to the question would be, is this a hard transition? Yes, it is. But not if you practice it. And if you if you have somebody like us or your therapist or your um other friends in your life, some trusted advisors that can help you go ahead and envision what it's going to look like and think about, do you really want to quit working? Is there another job or another career you've been thinking about that maybe fear has prevented um, and this is the time to do it? So people are living a lot longer and the second career is something that's become much more um, commonplace versus just having the same job until retirement. So great question. Thanks for that, Siobhan. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Retire While You Work, and we're answering your questions that we receive throughout the week. We'd love to hear yours if you would go to retirewhileyouwork.com or give us a call at 615-435-3644. We'd love to answer what's on your mind. Siobhan, do we have another question? We do. This one actually comes from a listener. They were listening to the show last week, and their question was, do you mind reviewing the three buckets again? They like the concept, oh, the and it visually helps them understand. Um, but what is bucket two, and why do we talk about bucket one and then bucket three? They got So they were asking us to kind of go over again our bucket strategy. Sure, kind of recap that. Absolutely. Well, we do. I mean, in every meeting, I've, you know, I've learned after 15 years um, the, the three buckets that we talk about. And we have a big whiteboard in our office where – um, and I'm a very visual person, and a lot of our clients um, we've seen learn a lot better visually. They seem uh, to really like the whiteboard. I'm glad we have that. Yeah, and we'll draw one, two, and three on the board, and we'll talk about three buckets. And we've done this if somebody has $50 million or if they have $1,000. It's really the same thing. Okay, so bucket one is that emergency fund. That's that's the basic, you know, Dave Ramsey have three to six months expenses sitting in an account. It's not invested in the market. <clears throat> But if you're getting close to retirement, you may make that a year's worth of cash because you're going to transition. That's right. Yeah. So if you're working, it may need to be three to six months. Um, Siobhan, you're absolutely right. If you're somebody 
um, who's retired. A lot of times you're going to have a little bit more money. We'll jump over to bucket three. That's going to be your retirement account. This is going to be... Um, 401ks, IRAs, money you can't touch to 59 and a half, but you need it for retirement. And then bucket two is that middle bucket. And this is where you're going to save for maybe an early retirement, your kid's college, you're going to um, buy investment property. So having a balance between those three buckets is really important. I could do an entire show on this. I probably will soon because this has become such a big part of our practice and a lot of your questions. It's time for another break. And again, submit your questions to us at retirewayyouwork.com. We'll answer them next week. And we have our special guest, Dr. Angela Thompson, who is a therapist and counselor, who's going to talk with us about several interesting things after the break. You won't want to miss that. Back in just a few. Welcome back to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. And just before the break, we were answering a few of our listeners' questions. And we receive a lot of these questions throughout the week. So thanks for sending those. And we encourage you to send yours to retirewhileyouwork.com or give Siobhan or I a call at 615-435-3644. And every week in our last segment, we love to discuss something that we hope that maybe can help you to better get into that retire while you work mindset, maybe take a little something off your plate or just give you some helpful information so that you too can enjoy life and make the most of your time. And today, with that being said, we're going to talk about therapy and its benefits and you know, oftentimes the stigma that's associated with um, counseling and therapy as a whole. And I'm here with um, a good friend of mine and uh, my actually, she's actually my counselor, uh, Dr. Angela Thompson. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Tell us first, Angela, about what, you know, who you are and what you do and what do we need to know about you? I know who you are, but. Well, I am a, a licensed counselor. I have a private practice here in uh, Nashville and I have a few other things, irons in the fire, so to speak, that um, I do based on um, what I can give back. I do some supervision. Uh, for license, I do some contract work, um, mainly for a place outside of town called on-site workshops. Yep. And um, I am also a grandmother, so I do that too. That is, Fun. yeah, that is a great hobby. I How old you. are your grandkids? Well, I just have one, and he's almost uh, nine months. Oh. So, so you're a newbie at this. A newbie. Are you loving it? I love it. It is everything everybody says it is. My my parents say grandparenting should be first before parenting because it changes your perspective. Like just the way that you look at life is different as a grandparent than Oh, it's parents. absolutely different and I kind of feel like I get to do a do-over. <laughs> and they get to, and they don't have, they get to go home uh, at the end. That of the too. Day. Yes, that too. <laughs> you get a break. I get nothing done when he's there, but that's okay. Great. So great. So you have your private practice here in town. Um so, so tell me this, uh, why don't some people go to a therapist like you and why is there so much shame associated with therapy in general? Because I know before I started down this journey five years ago, it just, it was a foreign concept or it, you know, it meant that, gosh, something must be wrong with you if you have to go to a therapist and the stigma that's out there. And do you even think it's still out there? Well, um, yes, it is still out there. There is a lot of shame. People want to have it together. And they want to be perceived as okay and good and all the things that we say, fine, I'm fine. 
So, um, yes, there is still a stigma, but more and more people are, I guess what you would call hitting a wall in their life and picking up the phone and finding somebody to talk to and get help. Well, okay. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. And, you know, what what advice would you give somebody that's, you know, trying to find someone like you and, you know, what's the best way to go about that? Is it word of mouth? What, I mean, word of mouth is the best. Okay. This, um, this town is full of good therapists. If you want a great therapist, talk to somebody who's got one and get their name. And then, and then if you go and, you know, would you suggest going kind of having a dating session for lack of a better term and talking to you're looking for somebody that you can open up with because that's not easy. That's not easy to do. And sometimes there's going to be people you maybe feel more comfortable with. I imagine. Absolutely. I suggest that people, um, ask for a consultation session to see if you feel like it's a good fit because it's got to be a good fit to open up and, and share those, uh, sacred parts of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know in one of our sessions recently, you shared something very special with me that really, um, really got to me. And I wanted to spend some time on it today, if that's okay. And sure. do you mind sharing that with the audience? And I'm talking about we, the, um, the five things that people regret when looking back at their lives. Let's Absolutely. talk about that a Absolutely. I, um, I ran across an article a few weeks ago that was a study uh, done by an Australian nurse and counselor she worked in a facility that the people that lived there had less than 12 weeks to live. Oh, my gosh. So um, as they were sitting there basically waiting to die, she decided to talk to them about the top five regrets that they had that stood out. Well, I, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of uh, credence that comes validity that comes from somebody that's actually sitting on their um, on their deathbed given this advice sure um, well one of the things that came out that was um, a key revelation for her was that we often take our lives for granted because we're healthy and health affords us this freedom that we don't realize until we no longer have it so I found that really interesting because I'm not one of those exercise, junkies right yeah it's um something i know i need to do but it's not enjoyable like it is for some people so i thought that was really interesting that when you have it you don't realize the freedom you have until you don't have it so not even on remotely on the same scale but sitting here with one arm today and the shoulder sling post rotator cuff surgery i can tell you i've taken having two (laughs) two healthy arms for granted for a long time and i cannot wait to get my right arm back there you go. So there you go. There you go. Can, yeah. So that's that's number one. Okay. Well, no, that was just a um, an insight that came out of this revelation, so oh. to speak. Oh, so gotcha. that wasn't even number. So one. That wasn't even number one. It was teeing us up. Okay. Yes, so let's... teeing you up. So number one was I wished I had pursued my dreams and aspirations, and not the life others expected of me. Ooh. So um, the study, it came out, it appears that our unfulfilled dreams and aspirations have a way of silently stalking us and eventually haunt our memories in our dying days. If you're afraid of what people will say about your choices, remember their voices won't matter when you're dying. Wow. That'll give you chills. So people that are trying to live somebody else's lives or what they think that they're supposed to do. And, you know, that I don't want to do X, Y, Z because somebody's going to judge me or say that's stupid. Or 
uh, mom says you need to be this or you need to do that, that it's the expectation and not what is your dream. You were talking about passion earlier. Yep. Uh, They lived somebody else's life, so to speak. And that ends up haunting them. Wow, that's, that's, yeah. So uh, that was the first one. The second one, I wished I hadn't worked so hard. Was number two. My dad, yeah, I know my dad can relate to that. Just how much you give of yourself. Exactly. Um, um, what she found was that uh, making a living, pursuing a career, they regretted that they allowed the work to take over their lives, causing them to spend less time with their loved ones. Right. I think that's probably ninety percent of people can say that. Right. Very true. This past week, my daughter, she's three. She came up to me. She goes, Mommy, will you put the computer down and cuddle with me? And I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I think everybody can relate to that one. All of us. Well, and um, this is an interesting piece that came out of that. Uh, It said that most of the people believe that by simplifying their lives and making better choices, they wouldn't have had to have all that money they were chasing. More. Yeah, that's. So the simpler your life, the le- the wouldn't be chasing the money. Right. And it's the more stuff that you have, the more stuff that you need, and then you need to buy this in order to store this third car. I mean, it is. It's right. a, it's a, yeah, you're right. So um, that, that one really resonated with me yeah. because um, we think these things are going to um, give us happiness, I guess. And they don't. And they don't. <laughs> they don't. Um, number three, I wished I'd had the courage to express my feelings and speak my truth. So uh, the people believe that they had suppressed their true feelings at times because they wanted to keep the peace. Yeah, not wanting to have confrontation. Right, right. Yep. And they chose not to confront difficult situations even when it offended them and this suppressed anger built up bitterness, resentment that affected their health. But um, the common misconception that confrontation is bad for relationships and creates division was not the case. It said in reality, they realized that when confrontation is kind, honest, and constructive, it helps to deepen mutual respect and understanding and can take the relationship to a healthier place. Absolutely. I know we've talked about that in our sessions before, but I'll digress there. I completely agree. I I tell friends all the time, let's make certain we talk about the issues. Yep. Yep. It's definitely a learning process. All right. That's great. What about number four? Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Um, these patients missed their friends, regretted they didn't give the friendships the investment of time mm-hmm. that they deserved, and that that's what it's all about when they're dying. Well, we've got Facebook now, so we're good on that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, does that count? That counts, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm not the therapist, so uh, <laughs> well, I'll let her answer. I, gonna you, say, eh. <laughs> I struggle with having uh, 783 friends and nobody really knows you. None of us have that, I know. Uh, and the last one was, I wish I'd let myself be happier. What do they mean by that? Explain that one. Many of the patients did not realize until the end of their lives that happiness is a choice. They wish they had known that happiness Mm. isn't something to be chased, bought, acquired through wealth, social acceptance. And on their deathbeds, they realized they could have chosen to be happy, regardless of whether they were rich or poor, and that... um, if they could relax, appreciate life, they could choose to be happy, 
and that had nothing to do. And it's not a de- it's not a destination. And so many of us think right. if I can just do this, then I can be happy. Wow. The um, focus they put on acquiring the things, wealth, status, power, was um, wrongly believed to be the key to happiness. Wow. Well, that's some some great things. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Angela, how can our listeners find you? And is there anything else you'd want to leave our listeners with? Well, uh, if people need some resources, want to know more about uh, what I do, what we do, I have a website, AngelaThompson.net. They can go there, contact me. I'd be happy to help. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have to have you back. I could do this for an hour or more. We do it. We do it for an hour almost every week. That's right. I'd love it. (laughs) All right. You've been listening to Retire While You Work. I'm your host, David Adams, on News Radio 1510 WLAC. If you need to reach us during the week, we'd love to hear from you and get your questions. 615-435-3644. Or you can go to Retire While You Work or come by and see our team at our office in the historic 12 South neighborhood. We'd love to see you. I'm David Adams, and remember, life is short, and there are many more important things to worry about than money, and we certainly hope that this show helps. Thank you so much for listening.